Hello everybody, this is Paul Jeffries, and yes, this is my podcast, and welcome to it. Well, on this holiday-themed version of the podcast, we're going to take a look at popular Christmas traditions and symbols and how they got their start. Also, snakes and owls. No, that's not a new game for the holiday season. Rather, two families found some unwanted guests with their Christmas trees just recently. And also, we're going to look at some new holiday music releases that you'll probably want to uh, take a listen to. Have you ever wondered how some holiday traditions and symbols got their start? Well, a lot of them started many years ago and, and have since been adapted for modern times. We're going to take a look at some of these and the meaning behind them. Christmas trees. Uh, now, evergreen fir trees are universal winter decorations. Pagans display the branches as a reminder that spring would come again. Romans had placed them around temples to honor Saturn, the god of agriculture. But the first time the evergreen was used as a Christmas tree was in the Baltic states of Estonia and Latvia. In the 16th century, German Christians brought the trees inside their homes as a symbol of everlasting life. And in the 19th century, when news spread that Queen Victoria had her German husband, Prince Albert, set up a Christmas tree in their palace, the practice suddenly became the height of Christian symbolism in England and in North America. Christmas tree lights. Uh, well, this tradition goes back to the 16th century where theologian Martin Luther is said to be the first person to put lights on a Christmas tree. Legend has it that he was walking through a forest one night and he was moved by the beautiful stars that were shining through the trees. Uh, so when he got home, he tried to recreate what he saw for his family by putting a tree in their living room and putting lighted candles on its branches. Now, Thomas Edison might be famous for the light bulb, but it was actually his partner and friend, Edward Hibbert Johnson, who had the idea of stringing bulbs around a Christmas tree in New York back in 1882. By 1914, the lights were being mass-produced, and now approximately 150 million sets of lights are sold at the U.S. each year. The Twelve Days of Christmas. The earliest version of the poem Churn Song is thought to have been published in Mirth Without Mischief, a children's book from about 1780, with the uh, modern version credited to English composer Frederick Austin, who set the poem to music. Now this is kind of interesting. Each year the PNC Christmas Price Index at PNC.com adds up the total cost of the 12 gifts named in the song based on current markets. The cost of buying all these gifts in 2023 would equal $201,972.66. This represents the total cost of all the gifts bestowed by your true love when you count each repetition of the song, totaling 364 presents. Poinsettias. The story of the poinsettia begins in the plant's native Mexico, where a legend says that humble weeds were left by a poor girl as an offering to the baby Jesus at a nativity scene, and they were miraculously turned into a gorgeous flower. A 19th century U.S. ambassador to Mexico, Joel Roberts Poinsett, brought the plants that were later named after him to the United States, which is how poinsettias became the official Christmas flower. Tinsel. Well, tinsel started out as being made out of real silver as a symbol of wealth and a lovely way to reflect candles on old-time German Christmas trees. But silver is expensive and it tarnishes, and as the tradition came to America, different metals were used, but all had downsides and eventually fell out of favor. Previous versions contained poisonous lead, and even the modern PVC type is seriously hazardous to your pets. It's recommended that if you're going to use tinsel on your tree, make sure it's made from an environmentally friendly biodegradable material such as raffia. 
eggnog. Well, it's debated where this uh, concoction got its start, but many culinary historians agree it originated from a warm, milky drink in medieval Great Britain called posset. Much like today's eggnog, it was made from eggs, sugar, milk, and alcohol, but the ingredients were expensive, so it was saved for special occasions and mostly enjoyed by the wealthy. It found its way to America, where families on farms had access to milk and eggs. George Washington was also a fan of a booze-packed version of the drink that featured sherry, rum, and rye whiskey, according to PBS. Other countries have adopted their own versions. In Mexico, there's a vanilla-flavored drink called rompope, while in Puerto Rico, they enjoy something called coquito. Candy canes. Legend has it that they were first invented by a choir master to keep choir boys occupied during long Christmas services and were made into the shape of a shepherd's crook to symbolize Jesus as the shepherd of his followers. In some tales, the white of the candy cane represents purity and the red, the blood of Christ. In 1920s America, the treat began being mass-produced and a Christmas symbol was born. Christmas wreaths. Well, wreaths have been around since the ancient Greek and Roman times, but the evergreen Christmas wreath, often adorned with boughs of holly, eventually took on Christian meaning with the uh, circular shape representing the eternal life and uh, the holly leaves and berries symbolic of Christ's crown of thorns and blood, according to the New York Times. Christmas Cards. The official Christmas card debuted in 1843 England with the simple message, A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. The idea of a mailed winter holiday greeting gradually caught on in both England and in the U.S., uh, where the Kansas City-based Hall Brothers, now known as Hallmark, created a folded card which was sold with an envelope in 1915. Today, according to the Greeting Card Association, more than 1.6 billion holiday cards are sold annually. And mistletoe. Uh, Norse mythology has an explanation as to why we kiss under the mistletoe. According to legend, the gods used mistletoe to resurrect Odin's son, Baldur, from the dead. So Baldur's mother, Frigg, yeah, that's her name, Frigg, the goddess of love, made the plant a symbol of love and vowed to kiss anyone who passed under it. The plant also ties into the holiday season because it can blossom even when it's cold outside. During Christmas celebrations in 18th century England, men were allowed to kiss any woman standing under the mistletoe. And if the ladies refused, then that meant bad luck. Uh, safe to say that that's a Christmas tradition that's uh, fallen by the wayside, quite rightfully so. Uh, nowadays, people kiss under the mistletoe simply because it's romantic. So there you go, Christmas traditions explain something to impress your friends at your uh, latest Christmas party. Now this is a real hoot. A family in Lexington, Kentucky got a little something extra when they picked out their Christmas tree this year. A baby owl. That's right. Uh, every year, the uh, White family pick out their own tree and bring it home, and this year was no different. Uh, turns out it wasn't until four days later, after they had put it up in the living room, they discovered they had a little baby owl inside their tree. Michelle White had spoke to a local TV station, WDKY-TV, and uh, she was surprised that it had been there that long without them noticing. Uh, she says that uh, she has three dogs and that they use the room nonstop. They're watching TV all the time in the room, and the kitchen's right there, and uh, there was no indication that there was the uh, fine-feathered friend of the tree. Uh, it was actually first noticed by a carpet cleaner by the name of Bobby Hayes. He noticed the bird after plugging in a piece of equipment 
equipment and noticed that the uh, tree had started to uh, sway in a particular direction. He said that the owl was literally sitting on a lower limb there. He said it crawled up into the tree further and it took him several minutes to even find it. Uh, Mr. Hayes managed to grab Mr. Hooty Hoot and safely released it in the family's back garden. Now, if you think that's something, a family in Australia got a nasty shock after their young child found a deadly snake slithering underneath their Christmas tree just recently. According to Newsweek, Drew Godfrey, a snake catcher in Queensland, was called to the property after getting a call from the boy's mother to say that an eastern brown snake was slithering through the living room of her house. Eastern brown snakes are the second most venomous land snake in the world and are found throughout eastern and southern Australia, according to Mr. Godfrey. He says it's the species that is responsible for the most fatalities in Australia out of any other snake. And he noted that if somebody, especially if one of the kids were accidentally to step on it, there is a high probability that the snake would bite. The snake that they found was roughly 50 to 60 centimeters long, which is about two feet, and it was a, a juvenile snake, according to uh, Mr. Godfrey. He says this in particular is a very dangerous size to handle with it being so small and so fast. Uh, Mr. Godfrey also believes that the reptile had gotten into the house by going under the far door as there was a gap along the bottom. He says the snakes follow walls and edges as long as they feel safe and will often head for the corner of a room if they feel trapped or threatened, so they have multiple walls to protect them. He said that the uh, tree just happened to be in the corner and with all of the presence around the bottom of the tree, it became the safest and most natural feeling place in the house to try to hide out. However, Mr. Godfrey also went on to say that despite their fearsome reputation, eastern brown snakes are not aggressive and they will only bite if they feel threatened. He said that a snake would rather flee than fight and won't bite for any reason. He says as long as no one tries to interfere with the animal, they're safe. He says the snakes are scared of us and that's why I try to hide among the presence. He says that snakes also don't want to bite anyone, but if they get harassed, they will defend themselves. Now, Mr. Godfrey also revealed that he's had a higher than normal number of house calls due to the hotter and drier conditions lately in Australia. The you know, closest thing that uh, we ever had under our Christmas tree when I was a kid was the snakes and ladders game, but no actual snakes. Well, if you're wanting to add some festive sounds to your Christmas, here's some uh, new albums you might want to check out from this year. Share and a new album just simply titled Christmas. And interestingly enough, this is her first Christmas album ever. It has her covering a number of classics and features guest appearances from the likes of Stevie Wonder, as well as Darlene Love, Michael Buble, and uh, Cindy Lauper. Johnny Mathis, Christmas Time is Here. Uh, he's the third best-selling artist of the 20th century. He's back with his 71st album and his seventh Christmas collection. Johnny Mathis has been making holiday albums since 1958, and this collection includes classics such as the title track from the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas special, as well as Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, as well as the bluesy-sounding Merry Christmas Baby, and some other holiday favorites as well. Alanis Morissette, Last Christmas. Well, the uh, former Jagged Little Pill has a four-song EP out this Christmas, which includes modern-day classics such as Wham's Last Christmas, John and Yoko's Happy Christmas, War is Over, as well as traditional tracks such as What Child Is This and The Little Drummer Boy. 
Jimmy Buffett, Christmas Island. Well, this is actually a re-release of the late Jimmy Buffett's 1996 holiday offering, and it gets its first ever vinyl release on seasonal red vinyl. It includes originals such as A Sailor's Christmas, as well as Merry Christmas, Alabama, as well as covers of classics like Meli Kalikimaka and Run Rudolph Run. If you're a jazz fan, you'll probably want to check out new releases from the likes of Nora Jones and Laffey, uh, Christmas with You, and also you might want to check out Grammy award-winning Samara Joy's latest release, a six-track holiday EP called A Joyful Holiday, which combines the old with the new. 90s alternative rock fans might want to check out the holiday offering from Weedus. Uh, they take in their big hit Teenage Dirtbag and turned it into a somewhat festive-sounding Christmas Dirtbag on their holiday EP, Just a Dirtbag Christmas. And also check this out, R&B artist Brandy has released her first Christmas collection, Christmas with Brandy, which includes six originals and six classic Christmas standards. Brandy has said that her new album is designed for all year round R&B listening pleasure. And uh, here's one that you'll definitely want to check out, Seth MacFarlane and Liz Gillies, We Wish You the Merriest. And uh, this is actually one of my, uh, this is probably my favorite of the uh, new season. Uh, Family Guy creator Seth MacFarlane and actress Liz Gillies from the uh, Dynasty reboot have teamed up for a fun collection of Christmas standards with a big band swing flavor. Uh, McFarland says, Liz and I have been singing together for a number of years now, and uh, he says that they've been performing live with some of their favorite symphony orchestras. He also goes on to say that they're both fans of the classic Bing Crosby, Rosemary Clooney duet albums and their exquisite expressive orchestrations contrasting with a fun casual vocal style. And he says, we've done our best to honor that tradition with our new Christmas album, and we hope it adds some extra charm to your holiday season. I also watched a recent interview where he also noted that uh, a lot of this type of music has been uh, absent uh, from the uh, the Christmas landscape for quite some time. So he's uh, really feels as though that he's uh, filling a void and uh, hopes that he's bringing a lot of new fans to the genre and probably is doing that uh, quite well. Also, if you enjoy that album, check out McFarland's 2014 Christmas album, Holiday for Swing. And that'll do it for another edition of the podcast. Once again, thank you for listening. Feel free to drop me a line at pjpodcaster at gmail.com. You have yourself a great and festive holiday season, and I'll talk to you again real soon. Bye-bye.